This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by turning down your volume. Turn it down just a little bit. Do you know why? Because at the beginning of this podcast, I go into an induced rage and let it all out. I just don't want to hurt your ears. I know you're, you probably have the headphones on. Don't do it. Also, Nick Holden has a trucking company or something. Nick Holden's trucking. I don't think it's his, but could it? Is he getting ready for the future of hockey? And by that, I mean the future of not playing hockey? I don't know. Turn down your headphones. I love you all. I hope you share my frustrations. Here we go. Hey, shut the fuck up, Greg. I'm doing the intro. <laughs> hey, Bushers Breakaway fans, welcome to the week of the Bushers Breakaway. I'm Ryan Mead, your host. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kappa. Greg, say hello. Relax, dude. Dude, stop I- doing cocaine right before we record. It's it's it gets a little old. Okay, I- <laughs> most because you don't share. I I don't share. It's because we don't live in the same place. Greg, I have a lot to, to say to you, and I'm uh-huh. gonna I'm gonna try and calm down a little bit at first from this. Just want, sure to get this off, just want to get this off my chest. Have you heard of the team of the New York Rangers? Did they even play this weekend? Uh, debatable. I thought they were on a bye, all right? They're not, they, they play their first game sometime this week? Did they? Oh, I don't know. Let's, let's go back to the Rangers, though. Let, let's talk about the, sure. wor- the work world itself, Greg. Do you, you work in the work world. You are in the adult world now. Are you surprised all the time uh, by the amount of inefficiencies that there are? Like, how are we still doing X when we could be doing Y? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. So I see where you're going. All right, right. There's all these inefficiencies in the work world. I constantly see them. Or when I'm out with my friends, and they're like, you know what? I don't have Venmo. What's wrong with you? I know it's hard to adapt and change. Mm-hmm. Change is hard. It's a hard thing to do. But eventually, okay. you get left in the dust. You're going to have to change because everything adapts in this world. That's what we're living in. A new world that adapts all the time. Do you know what the New York Rangers do not do? <laughs> uh, they don't use Venmo? They don't use at? Venmo, 
and they don't pay me back when I pay for dinner. And I don't understand, Gregory, because this is a team that paid for Kevin fucking Shattenkirk, a guy who begged to be here, and doesn't use him appropriately. Doesn't use anybody on their team appropriately. My weekend is supposed to be, hey, I want to watch my team. Yeah, maybe they suck. Maybe that's the whole deal. Maybe the New York Rangers just suck, Greg. But guess what? I want to watch my team at least try. I don't want to watch Steven fucking Camper. I want to watch young kids. At least I want to play and develop. It's time for fucking change. I don't get it. <laughs> is this how I sound when I feel? Yes, and I'm so angry. And I know I'm yelling. But I, I woke uh, up on the wrong side of the bed. I woke up pissed off. I was pissed off about work. I was pissed off about all the shit I got to do. And the New York Rangers spent the whole weekend just making me hate myself. Why? <laughs> Uh, I too woke up angry. I, I snapped at uh, my senior producer today because she was trying to help me. Uh, I don't think it was Ranger induced, but I'm well, sure they didn't help. My, my anger is totally not fully Ranger induced, but it certainly is playing a huge part. You know what I like to do, Greg? It's some, one of my pa- my part hobbies. There are a few times I like to relax. I'll, I'll name a few. Mm-hmm. I like to play a game called Overwatch. I enjoy it. Now, does it get me frustrated? Yeah, it does. But I like killing people in the game. It's very fun. And then. I also like to sit down and watch a little bit of hockey, a little bit of New York Rangers. You know, they win or lose. I like to watch a good hockey game. Okay, at least we put up a good fight. Do you know what I don't like to do? When I hate the Islanders more than any other team, I know you hate Philly more. I hate the Islanders. I live on Long Island. I hate them. And I watch them play their star young player in in meaningful minutes while my star young player is getting fucked in the ass by my coach constantly is skating on the ice during a break because he doesn't want to go sit down or he's stretching to make sure he has some play time. Are you kidding me? Not a uh, not the best example to use because while um, Barzal is doing great, they're still fucking Josh Hosang, like royally. Okay, sure. But I I, I get I get what you're trying. You to get say. my point. I'm not like yeah. All right. So now and now, Greg, to uh-huh. top it all off, do you know when we're doing our our next meetup game? <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Oh, it's oh, I'll tell you, Greg. It's February fifteenth. Who's it verse? Uh, it might be the Islanders. It is the Islanders, Gregory. So when I know I'm going to be at that game and I'm going to be around all of our lovely fans that are going to show up, and I don't blame you for not showing up anymore because we're going to get destroyed. And I'm going to sit there and be like, wow, might as well drink more because that's all I can do. I mean, you should really just show up. You should have always just been showing up for the drinks. We're a shit company. Yeah, come on, dude. I'm sorry. I know uh, I know you guys have never heard me like this. And I'm never, no. I really don't get like this, Greg. And you know that. Nope. And I messaged you, really you. I messaged you. And I was like, can you record in 15 minutes? Because I have no other option. Uh. And I don't ever do that. And I just have this rage in my heart right now. And the Rangers are certainly not helping. No. You know what's funny, though? Tell me. Usually it's me that's just spitting venom. The entire time. Yeah, and I'm sitting here like, haha, uh, Greg, you're funny. <laughs> right. Um, the biggest indictment I can think of of a hockey team is not getting people angry or arguing with one another over how things should go when things are going poorly. I feel like you know, arguing can be frustrating and arguing can seem counterproductive, but at least you're having an engaging conversation about the team and trying to think of ways to make it better. To me, the worst thing that could ever happen to a hockey team is apathy or any professional sports team is apathy. Once you stop caring, I feel like that's the point of no return. You've lost the fan base. There's few things you can do to really recover from that point. Uh, I am at the point of apathy, Brian. I honestly, I know we have a podcast that talks about the New York Rangers, but I just don't care right now. It For the reasons why you're angry, 
are the reasons why I I now just I feel like I just don't give a shit. See, I I, I experienced that a little bit after the Penguin game. I was like, you know what? I don't care. And I sat by myself and I did a couple of things for work and I got things together and I I just like collected my thoughts. And then as the day got on, I got angrier and angrier. I was like, this is a team with a all-time great goalie, a legend, and we're sitting here doing nothing to play the system around him. We have the worst defense in the league. Uh, not maybe not the worst, but we're close, Greg. We're close. And we've let up more uh, than 30 shots in the past 14 games. All of them. 47 shots against the Penguins. Kevin Hayes is now hurt. Ryan McDonough sat down with back spasms. I wouldn't blame him if he made it up. I wouldn't even blame him. Yeah, I, um, it's funny because Sun Saturday I, was, I wasn't really excited. I was curious to watch the Ranger game. Uh, and then everything just went to shit. And then I spent the entire day with friends, wasn't feeling too great. Um, and then Sunday I was under the weather and I knew it's almost like I knew exactly how the penguin with game was going to go. So I didn't really feel the need to ever one, watch it or two, even check for updates the next day. Cause I just assume it went how it did. And then when I finally got around to checking it, it went exactly how I thought it would with McDonough out. Steve Kampfer led the Ranger defenders in ice time. Um, Pavel Buchnevich played less time of ice, both five on five and in all game situations than any other Ranger forward. Um, it's uh, maybe I don't know anything. Maybe I'm the idiot. No, I, I'm no, a it's, quote unquote it's blogger. Funny. I don't know anything. Maybe I should watch the team. Maybe the Rangers should invite me to watch the skates. So I know Greg. So I would know that this is the right choice. It's not. It's obviously not. It's just not. How are we this stupid? Oh, my God. Um, Management. Management. Coaching. All of it. Uh, what has Lindy Ruff done? The system. Tell me, Greg. Runs. Tell me what Lindy Ruff has done for this Nothing. team. Where, Nothing. Where have I seen the improvement? Absolutely. What is Lindy Ruff's official title? Assistant coach? Defensive coordinator? What is yeah, he's supposed, to, he's supposed to be crafting the defense, and that's going swimmingly. And, um, and again, I have nothing against these players. I want the Rangers to win. I want – I listen, if Steve Camper came out and, and lit it up, I'd, I'd say it as it was. Steve Camper is a top five percentage NHL player in the whole world. Like NHL – hockey player in the whole world. He's an incredible hockey player for who he is. He's an AHLer. That's what he is. I'm sorry. We have other talent we should be playing. We got nothing back for the step on trade. No one that's playing right now. Are we contenders or are we rebuilding? Why aren't we selling? Are we even shopping Rick Nash? Is Ryan McDonough even going to be on this team in like two months? There's a chance he's not. Are you like, what are we doing? Right now? Is there, I know that's a rhetorical question. Uh, I know it is. And I'm just, I, I'm just using you as a vent tool right now because I have, uh, I don't know how to feel other than angry. I've got nothing left. And there's a good chance next week we're on this podcast, next Tuesday morning when this come, the next one comes out, guys. And I'm exactly like Greg. Like, yep, here we are. This is it. This is what well, I'm doing. That wouldn't, that wouldn't work. One of us has to give a shit. What? Maybe we'll just, for the rest of the year, we'll just rotate who's giving a shit. Well, right now, uh, I give a lot of shits. And I just, yeah. I just want to play the kids. I just want to sell Rick Nash and Michael Grabner because they're at I, – I, and it's not I, – I know you're going to say it. Ryan, you just hate Rick Nash. You just hate him. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm past. You gotta. If anyone's contract is expiring at the end of this year, I don't want him on the team. It's Rick Nash. You gotta trade him. And Rick, Rick Nash will give you the ten teams. Somebody will give you something for him. Just don't get nothing. I'm sorry, guys. I, I want this team to be in the playoffs. But you know what? I don't want to watch 
the Lightning destroy us four games in a row. Do you, does anyone else remember the Blackhawks pre postseason last year? Nope, they don't remember either. And that's exactly what it's going to be like for us. There will be no different. It would just yeah. be go in, the Lightning destroy us, and we leave. And we, My, sat, uh... we sat there. I'm not even done, Greg. And we sat there, <laughs> and we had Michael Grabner, and we had Rick Nash, and we could have gotten second-rounders, other prospects for a depleted farm system outside of the big two kids you know about. And we didn't do anything, and we just lost with veterans that go, well, we tried to win for Lundquist. Guys, the window's closing. We have one more year. I want to retool for that. We have no Kreider. We don't know how long Kevin Hayes is out. And McDonough's experiencing back spasms. And Steve Camper played our first line minutes. There is your 2017-2018 Rangers in a nutshell. I got nothing left. Yeah, I will now. I'm now at a point where I consider this season a failure if come April... Uh, Nash, Grabner, Holden, and Bayarne are all still on the roster. It's a, it's a failure. It's a failure of the season if those four guys remain with the Rangers at, after the trade deadline. Because there's just no need for any of them. There's, there isn't. This team, even with them, even completely healthy, it's just not that good. I think we just need to – you got to call a spade a spade. This, this team's bad. This team – even if you can say it was built properly, and I think it, it was. I think this team was constructed to compete for a roster spot, but it's almost like the architect made a blueprint for a wooden house and the coach brought concrete. And nobody made the adjustment to try and remedy those issues. They kind of just started building without addressing the elephant in the room, which was they had the wrong tools. So all that in mind, uh, there, there are a couple of things the Rangers need to do. One is, again, trade just about any player that has an expiring contract. Um, two, they have to fire the entire coaching staff. I'm not just talking about Elaine Vigneault. Uh, the only person that should survive this regime change, in my mind, is Benoit Allaire. And if they want to make him the fucking head coach, go for it. Honestly, uh, at this he, point, he, they're like, wow, our goalie plays well. Why don't we put six defending uh, stay-at-home defensemen? We'll trade Kevin Shattenkirk because he doesn't fit in our system. God knows that. Like, <laughs> hey, Kevin, why don't you change your entire game plan? And you know what? Once you learn how to play like a different player that you haven't played like your whole life, this team will be good. Can I use a, an NBA analogy? And I know you do You do all the Mets analogies, so I'm going to do one. Do you know what uh, Greg Pop? This is the second week in a row I'm mentioning Greg Popovich. How does this happen? Greg Popovich sat and took LaMarcus Aldridge and had to talk with him the offseason. They're like, you know what? The NBA, everyone shoots threes now. LaMarcus, what do you do well? Well, I shoot twos. Oh, well, no one's doing that. But you seem to do that really well. Would that fit your game style? Uh, yeah. And he's just let him go out and play his game and not try and mold him the whole year because that's what that player is. We're trying to change a player who we paid. We knew who he was. He's not a stay-at-home defenseman. He's a power he's a power play defenseman with an offensive-minded great shot, a quick, a quick wrist shot, and a an amazing passer in the offensive zone, and we're like, hey, man, could you be more defensive? What? We have Ryan McDonough. Pair him with him. At least have one good line. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Shattenkirk, it's it's not – I'd stop short of calling it an easy fix, but it's an obvious fix. You just change the system. And like you said, like we've said for a very long time, you, if you're going to run this system, Kevin Shattenkirk never made sense. No. It's really that simple. As great of a player as Kevin Chattenkirk is, as excited as we were when the Rangers signed him, as great as it is for the Rangers long-term to have this caliber player signed for a relatively team-friendly contract, if this was the defensive system you were going to play, it never made sense to allocate finances to that kind of player. 
And the fact that the Rangers did means there's a miscommunication somewhere or someone lied to someone saying that the system could adjust for talents like Shattenkirk or someone convinced someone that Shattenkirk was a player that could fit the system. And neither of those things have happened. I'm just not convinced so, that he's bad yet. I've, I've seen some I'm, people be I, like... He's not, I, Kevin Shattenkirk is having a bad year, but I, I think a significant portion of that, I won't call it 100% because I think that's putting too much blame on Elaine Vino. It, it's fair. Call, again, spades are spades. Shattenkirk at times has just played poorly. Agreed. But if yeah, Shattenkirk is a square peg for this round hole and either the coaching staff creates a square peg or you just don't bring in the player. It, it's really that simple. It's not that complicated. And th- we'll, we will be accused of being Shattenkirk apologists. We'll be accused of just piling on Elaine Vino. It's not the point. This goes above Elaine Vino. Jeff Gorton needed to understand that if this was the defensive system the Rangers were going to run, and by all accounts, this was always going to be the defensive system the New York Rangers were going to run, then Kevin Shattenkirk should have never made sense for the New York Rangers. It's like bringing in a fly ball pitch to Coors Field. You know that's a home run hitter's paradise. That's a bad idea. You don't, br- you don't bring in pitchers that are susceptible to fly balls. That's not what you do. And then you can't be then angry when home runs start flying out of the ballpark and be, well, I didn't see this coming. Of course you did. You knew who he was before you got him. You can't be surprised. If you're surprised, you're not doing your job. And there's no one on the Rangers doing their job. No, and this feels... That's what it is. And I've felt this a few times, but this truly feels like the end of an era for the Rangers. Oh, 100%. This feels 100%. like it's over now. Like, the, the people and the players you love and you've... Held dear to your heart for the net the last five years, it's over. Rick Nash, Matt Zuccarello, Ryan McDonough, all those guys, there's a chance. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. There is a chance they're not on the team next year. Well, let's let's have a difficult conversation here. I'd love to. Because I'm in a difficult uh, mood. We uh we we've already agreed. If the I, I think you I I didn't hear you agree, but I know where your head is. If the Rangers have Nash Grabner, DeHarnay, and Holden after the trade deadline. That's a failure. You and I can agree with that. I agree with that. I think we need to have the we've we've danced around it a couple times and we've alluded to it a couple times. I, I think you gotta I think you have to trade Ryan McDonough. I and here's why. Go ahead. Oh I didn't I didn't I didn't know if you were gonna say I, pa- I paused here's for why. You. Yeah, Ryan McDonough when he hits free agency, he's gonna be, I think, what, 30 years old? Um, the ringer the Rangers have put that man through, that contract is going to look more like Dan Girardi by the day once he turns 32. I And look, this is this is an old sports trope. We've talked about this with every baseball contract we've ever talked about. We've talked about it with almost every basketball contract we've ever talked about. Anytime you sign a player to a second-generation contract, you're always paying the player for past performances and less of what you expect him to do for the next X amount of years. But with Ryan McDonough, and we've, again, we can blame the system all we want, but we've seen some cracks in Ryan McDonough's game this year. He hasn't looked like the same guy. Now, of course, after the season, I'm sure we're going to hear about the fact that this guy was playing with like six blown out knees somehow yeah. or something like that, <laughs> something because like that's that. just the kind of player Ryan McDonough is. Yeah. Um, like he's knowing Ryan McDonough, I don't want to joke about this, but it's back spasms. It's actually probably like spinal stenosis, and the guy is going to be paralyzed in five years. I just, just, no, let's take that back. I don't, I don't even want to do that at all. I don't want to joke no. even a little bit about that. But you look at Ryan McDonough's next contract, there is absolutely no way he's signing for less than four years. And we all know that if the Rangers sign him for 
if any team signs him for six or seven years, which is going to happen, he might be good, like Ryan McDonough good, for the first two or three. I mean, look at Brent Seabrook. Brent Seabrook in Chicago has struggled this year to a point where the team actually scratched him while he was healthy. And he has – that's an unmovable contract. That is Mark – it's worse – it might be worse than Mark Stahl's contract. But case in point, let's look at Mark Stahl. When the Rangers signed Mark Stahl long-term, it's the same fucking thing. Yeah. It's – do you want to lock, lock up second-generation defensemen, especially when you've seen them go through the ringer like Ryan McDonough's gone through the ringer? No. And I – it sucks to say I like Ryan McDonough a lot. I, he's one of yeah. my favorite Rangers. He's given it his all for this team. But if you're not going to sign him to the extension, and you need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, are we going to sign Ryan McDonough and we need to do it next season? We, you should probably try oh, to yeah, do it before no, free you, agency. You sign, you sign McDonough to an extension before he even sniffs free agency. That's yeah. the only way to do it. Right, and you got to make that decision. Are we going to do this? Because here's, here's the conundrum the Rangers now find themselves in, though. They're... If they're going to want to sell McDonough before this year's trade deadline, it's it's almost too late already. That's a decision you have to make in early December. So you can then have a month to evaluate all your offers and teams have a month to truly know if Ryan McDonough is a player they need, one, need, and two, have the resources to get. You don't trade Ryan McDonough at the trade deadline. I know we've seen it before. Ryan Callahan doesn't count. In my mind, no. that that's a completely different boat. Uh, Keith Yandel doesn't count in my mind because, again, it was obvious that he was being moved well before the trade deadline. It just developed later on in the season. And Yandel hasn't developed either in, in, in both Florida and New York. He didn't play well. That's 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 not even the point. I'm just talking about the caliber of player you're, you're trading right. at the moment you trade him. That's fine. I'm not talking about who that player is now. OK, um, you don't throw together or you don't just throw Ryan McDonough onto the trade market without doing a sh- months of preparation leading up to this point. You make it clear in November, late November, early December that you want to trade Ryan McDonough. So then the feeding pool just gathers blood and the sharks are swimming all around it. And you try and pick someone to overpay for him. You don't just throw it out because it's back in early December, there were teams like, I'm trying to think of a good example who have kind of crashed out of the playoff picture a little bit. Now, I mean, Montreal Canadiens, prime example. You're telling me in early December when everything was going poorly, the Canadians wouldn't have maybe panicked and offered more for Ryan McDonough than they would now. Now the Montreal Canadiens kind of know what they are. Yeah. They're not going to give you the same package they would have in December, not just because Ryan McDonough is, you know, a couple months closer to free agency, but also they just have a better sense of who they are this year. And maybe the Canadians know that regardless of who they bring into their system, they're not competing for a Stanley Cup this year. So that's that right there. You might want the pieces from the Montreal Canadiens, but they're not going to give them to you now. So you either trade Ryan, you either had to have started trading Ryan McDonough six weeks ago, or you wait until this offseason and then you consider it. I don't I don't see Ryan McDonough being a trade deadline move. It just there's there's not enough time. There are two little teams fighting over his rights. And I think whatever team you also trade Ryan McDonough to, you have to give them a negotiation negotiating window to get an extension. Because that's the only way you're going to recoup full value for him. There's no other way. And so, this, this brings us... You know what? This exact same conversation applies to Matt Zuccarello. I was about to say, this brings us to my next point. Matt Zuccarello. Which... Exact same conversation point. It's... 
the we love everybody loves Zook. Everybody. I don't know a single. There are people who don't like Zook. We don't know them. I haven't met them. I don't want to meet them. Matt Zuccarello is one of the most fun hockey players to ever root for. I don't know if there's a player on this Ranger team. As much as I love Pavel Buchnevich, he doesn't have the personality of a Matt Zuccarello. So to say I love Buch on the same level is unfair. I don't. It's impossible. Matt Zuccarello is one of the most fun Rangers we've ever had to root for. Period. Full stop. Don't really have to go much further than that. Not to mention, he's also a fantastic winger. At the same time, if there's one position where the Rangers have some depth right now, it's winger. And if it's if the Rangers are serious about a rebuild, Ryan McDonough and Matt Zuccarello don't fit your window anymore. That, that, that time is gone. The only mainstay that's going to stay is Henrik Lundqvist, and that's probably the only case because you can't move that contract. And he'll never say, I'm going to get moved. He's going to, he's going to retire no. here. Why would he want to? He would never would. His whole life is here. And that's not a problem. Hank, I love you. You don't have to go anywhere. And it's I, totally fine. And I, listen, but I wouldn't blame him if he was like, you know what? I want to try and win a cup. No. Trade me somewhere wouldn't else. Blame, wouldn't blame him either. But, at this, he, but Hank's also a weird case because he gets to choose where he goes. So you never get full value for Hank no matter what happens. No matter what happens. But if the lightning called up and we're like, hey, we want Hank. <laughs> yeah. But the lightning I, are, bad example because the lightning are never making that phone call because Vasilevsky's a beast. Fine. But I, I was just making an example of uh, that's, name, that's, name that's another the other contender. Every, well, no, but that's the thing. Every cup contender has got a goalie. That's fine. You're true, Bob. Um, Bob, PK. Yep. Uh, I mean, Pekka Rene. Yep. Uh, well, Pekka Rene. Uh... Uh, I'm, I'm still a big Rene homer. Okay. So I think the the Predators feel fine with Rene and goal. Okay. Um, yeah, Hank's not going anywhere. But the two guys you can move, your two quote-unquote veteran presence that are two year, or a year and a half now away from free agency, if you're serious about a rebuild, McDonough and Zuccarello have to be – Guys, you are looking to move this summer. And you're not going to be an awful team if this happens. You're not going to be like, the Rangers are terrible now. Will we be a playoff team? We might be on the outside playoffs or looking in or just sneaking in. It's not like the team doesn't have talent otherwise. Like I don't want to I don't want to give credit, entire credit for a team making the playoff on the coach. But if the, the Rangers can still be good next year, moving veteran pieces and not bringing back guys like Nash and Grabner but it all depends on who they bring in and what kind of hockey they want to play. If Elaine Vigneault is this New York Rangers head coach at this time come July and you've traded McDonough and Zuccarello and you've lost Nash Grabner and just those two, I don't really give a fuck about DeHarnay and Holden. But if you, if you lose Nash Grabner, McDonough and Zuccarello and Elaine Vigneault is still this team's head coach, they're not making playoffs. They won't because nothing will change. The only thing that will change is instead of the Rangers only scoring two goals a game, they'll score a goal and a half. And it won't come from anyone outside of the top line, which should be Kreider, Zabinijad, Buchnevich. But knowing AV, Buchnevich will still be on the third line, and Paul Carey will be up on the top line. 30 shots or more per game for the last 15 games. Haven't scored more than two goals since December 19th. Conveniently, since December 19th, we haven't won a game regulation. What? It's been a month. What? A month. what? It's about a month. Can you imagine a team not considering making a coaching change after having not won a game in regulation in over a month? Guys, the Knicks have won a basketball game. Yeah, they won today. Think about that. They won today. Michael Beasley, MVP. Oh, um, <sighs> Ryan, this team's bad. And that's the thing. The, the uncomfortable conversation that people have avoided all year is – 
when people say they they consider bringing back Grabner and Nash and so on and so forth, yeah, this is <laughs> – I'm going to piss off a section of our fan base because I'm going to compare this to the Mets right now. The reason why I'm so frustrated with the Mets offseason is because they've done nothing to change what was a bad team. They're just going to say, it'll be better because it can't get worse. The Ranger fans sound the exact same when they say, no, I want to bring back Nash and Grabner on team-friendly deals. That's great. Then it's just the same team in a different costume this Halloween. With the possibility of, of playing young kids next year. Ah, but where are you going to play them? Yeah. yeah, you gotta make you gotta make opportunities for them. They could play. You can't bring back. You yeah. can't bring back Nash and Grabner and then be like, "Well, we're also gonna play the kids." That doesn't. It doesn't work that way. You have to create opportunities for the kids. It's, you gotta. You gotta. In order to play the kids, you gotta give them a chance. You're not gonna give them a chance if Nash and Grabner are still here. You're not gonna give them a chance if Mark Stahl and Nick Holden are still here. Mark Stahl. You, you gotta not, I, I, I seriously think we're not getting rid of Mark Stahl next year. I think we know we're rebuilding. No, we're gone. just going to pay him. I think we're just going to pay nah, him. Nah, he's gone. He, he's he's getting bought out. It's see, happening. See, I don't think it happens. I really don't. The more I, the more I think about it, and the more this team considers itself rebuilding, they go, "Well, we're, since we're rebuilding, we'll just have Mark Stahl here anyway. Who cares? We'll just pay him." No, Who no, cares? that's the exact. No, the only way the Rangers would have brought back Mark Stahl is if Mark Stahl kept playing this decent level of hockey, which he's been playing. And the team made the playoffs. If the teams don't make the playoffs, Mark Stahl doesn't have a puncher's chance of staying on this roster. Ugh. That's how I feel. All right. But yeah, you're right. The Rangers have young kids. But the only way you play the young kids, you got to create the opportunity for them to play. And if you want Philip Heedle and Elias Anderson in the Rangers opening lineup next year, one, one of them has to play on the wing. And two, got to create the opportunity somewhere. The only way you're going to create opportunities is by moving on from Nash and Grabner, possibly moving on from Zuccarello. Defensively, you got to move on from at least two of them. Shea's not going anywhere. Shattenkirk's not going anywhere. Brandon Smith is not going anywhere because yep. you gave him a four-year deal. And everyone out there that's it, like, why don't we just trade Brandon Smith? Guys, we said for it. what? Time and time what? again. We're saying we're literally on the ice saying Camper is better than Brandon Smith. We say it with playtime. Again, Brandon Smith has been bad. This isn't us saying that Brandon Smith deserves every opportunity in the world. I am happy the coaching staff is finally holding some players accountable. It's just not consistent. I want them to hold everyone accountable. The fact that they're holding Brandon Smith accountable and not someone like Dan Girardi in years prior, Nick Holden this fucking year, Mark Stahl years prior. I don't know what's different about Brandon Smith that isn't different with those guys. Oh, I can tell you, Brandon Smith's not friends with A.V. Nick I guess Holden, not. Nick Holden's obviously close and buddy buddy with AV. That's that's really ha- it has to be that. It can't be yeah, anything well, else. Look, I saw a truck today with Nick Holden's name on it, and he wasn't standing in front of it. If you catch my drift, I get it. Oh my god! All right, not ideal, buddy. I didn't even talk about our guest. Yes. I, well, do you even know who our guest is? I uh, is I have it here. Uh, great podcasting, Carly Redpath from Blue Line Station. That is correct. Yeah. We're going to call her up right now. We are. And you know what we're going to talk about with her? How sad we are. <laughs> yeah, no, she said she wants to talk about Elaine Vigno, so I can only imagine. What? <laughs> Greg, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Greg, I just want to take a minute to th- thank you for li- listening to my rant. Oh, it was fun. I, I had ne- a great time. I never get that angry, dude. I no, really, you do not. I can confirm you do not. I never get that. And just I felt it. In my, I was at the gym. It went through me. And I was like, I need to get this out because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something bad. <laughs> all right let's move on to carly 
I'll probably introduce her in the ad because I forgot to do it at the beginning. Sorry about that, Carly. And Tran Sadshin. We're back with our first and only guest of the day, Carly Redpath. You're a contributor of Blue Line Station, a website we've had some guests from. Uh, Carly, say hello. Hello. How are you guys? I am pretty pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm fine. Thank you for asking. Not <laughs> in a good place. Thanks for asking. We brought you on today to talk a little bit about, you know, these, this small team called the New York Rangers and some of the issues they have uh, or some of the things that are going on with them. We've spoke briefly about kind of what's going on with Pavel Buchnevich. Why don't you kind of give me your thoughts about what's going on with him in the blogosphere world? Yeah, you know, I think that there's been a lot of support um, for Booch and kind of this like outcry uh, just because, you know, early in the season he got off to such a good start and, uh, you know, looked really promising, could be like a great, uh, you know, asset for the Rangers. And um, in the past month or so, you know, Vigneault has kind of shifted his like mindset on him. And, and you know, I think that the outcry, you know, in the blogosphere, you know, really comes from, you know, we see that he has this potential and, and like, why, you know, what's the point of wasting him in the bottom six, you know, um, which, uh, you know, I think is a good thing that people recognize that and everything. Um, and I don't know, I think that Vigneault, you know, over the past few years really has shown that he has a hard time handling young assets um, in the Rangers, you know, prospect pool and everything from top to bottom, really. Um, yep. and I think that, that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, I think that that outcry, you know, like is justified and, and, uh, you know, if, if you need to pick one player, you know, he's like, Buchnevich has been like Vigneault's scapegoat for, you know, all of these problems and, and I don't know, it's, it's just but mind to, boggling to, to me. To your point, it's not even that Buchnevich is getting bottom six minutes. He is obviously that in, in and of itself is a problem. But I think part of the problem is people just recognize he's not being put in advantageous situations. When he was on the lines with Kreider and Zibanejad, obviously Kreider's hurt, so you can't exactly be playing with him all the time. But he's on a top line. He's producing with a top line. And people were quick to give credit, or at least critics of Buchnevich were quick to give credit to his success to the other players he's playing with. And then when you stick him on lines with David DeHarnay and Jimmy Vesey and his play drops off a little bit, People are saying, oh, but isn't he supposed to be this great creator? He's supposed to make all his players better. Yeah, there's only so much you can do with shit. Right. You, you, can't, you can't make a turd into a diamond sometimes. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> oh, that's what we're doing with this team. We're trying to make a turd into a diamond. It just turns out it's just shit. Listen, I'm sick and tired of this shithole team. <laughs> Why can't I have a coach from Norway? That's my real question. Um, listen. Let's talk about some of the uh, articles you've written recently for Blue Line Station. How, do you have any uh, any pieces coming out you're working on right now, or do you have any uh, former pieces that you, you'd like to hypothesize over the podcast? Um, I mean, we're, we've been looking into, you know, um, just with where we are as a team, we've been looking into a lot of uh, potential, you know, trades and what our assets are in that regard. So um, I actually did something recently um, on Nash. I did an argument actually for extending him um, just because I think that, uh, you know, there's so much that he brings in his play in other areas on the ice other than goal scoring that um, I think the Rangers would really suffer if, if you know, they just sent him off somewhere else without, well, there's a danger in that, in that you can, we've seen it so many times before and that you ship off a player and you don't get whatever you need in return. And, and so just kind of like playing with that idea and seeing, uh, you know, 
if, if you're going to move him, like get something in return, if not keep him, because I think he's a great asset and there'd be a huge drop off just uh, in his two way game and everything that he ha- he brings to the ice, you know, um, so that and then uh, coming up, I have something lined up to do kind of like the same thing with um, McDonough, because there have been some rumors that, you know, potentially maybe uh, the Rangers would think about moving him. But again, you need that return. <laughs> uh, it's really important if you're going to trade someone like that, I think. Do you are, are you on the side of moving those players or you, you you're you already said you wanted to keep Nash. Are you a keep McDonough fan? I mean, I honestly I mean I love him, you know. And I think that as we all do. Yeah, of course. Um so and so I think that that's like a really big thing. You have to figure out, you know, what you're going to do in terms of leadership if that's, you know, something you're considering and then where does that come from and, you know, what what you know, is that going to do to your team if, you know, I guess we saw the same thing kind of with Callahan but, and it turned out okay. Um, but like, who's the next obvious, you know, captain and kind of figuring that whole thing out. Um, you know, I think that's a big thing to consider and I guess I'll have to, I'll have to think on it a little bit more, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean. Are you, are you still pro Nash extension or has the team's recent play just pushed you in a direction that has the Rangers selling more assets as opposed to keeping what they got? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it depends what you do with everybody else, right? Like, like, if you, you know, I think that also he's a great leader. And if you're going to consider, you know, maybe you can get it. I mean, well, higher return in McDonough, perhaps just because I mean, he's he's just so gosh darn good. Um, you know, so I, I mean, I don't know, I think I think there's a lot to take into account. And you have to you have to kind of, you know, decide as as you go and then see what, you know, ends up working itself out. But you know, I think that there needs to be some kind of veteran presence and whether that comes from McDonough or it comes from Nash or it comes from some other resource, you know, it, it depends on what moves you take in the first place. I'd love to see McDonough stay. I'd love to see Nash stay, but like maybe you can only do one, you know. Do you feel that way because you're just grown attached to these players and you've fallen in love with them and, and you're just like, change is hard, you know, that's that's where we yeah. are. I think that's a part of it. And and I, I'd honestly probably rather see Nash go over McDonough. Um just because, you know, I think that McDonough serves a really huge purpose in, as a de- in our defensive core. You know, I think that Nash would be great to have as an asset on the offense, but, you know, is m- perhaps more replaceable, um, you know, than someone like McDonough who, who brings so much and does so much for the team. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> it, it's it's- it, literally uh, just to take up your point of I don't know. I don't either. And yeah. that, that's where I'm at right now. How do I feel other than angry? Because that's all I am is angry. And I've right. got nothing left. Greg is the opposite. He's in apathy. He's ready to quit. Yeah. No, I've, I've, it, this weekend more than any other weekend is it really – look, spring, spring training is like 29 days away. I think I can last. <laughs> I can be all right. Uh, Carly, I, I do want to touch on the one player in trade discussions we didn't mention. Ryan and I talked about him a little bit before you came on and if you want to talk about players that we all have love and affinity for and would be heartbroken to see go it's Matt Zuccarello but if you're talking about a full rebuild don't you think the Rangers also have to consider making a move with him sure you know I think that he could bring back really high return um you know he's what I love about Zook is that he just fights so hard every single night. And even, even when, you know, in these games that we've seen recently where the Rangers are just totally outplayed, you know, he's one of those players that just can 
bring an impact and make something, you know, of nothing really. Um, and I think that that could be of great value to any team. So again, like if you really have to consider, you know, what you'd need to bring back. And I think that he's stepped into this leadership role in the last couple of years. And, you know, we always talk about at Blue Line Station, like, oh, how, how much does leadership like on the ice actually matter? And to me, I think that that's like really important. And so, you know, we're talking about all of these players that are literally like our core in, in terms of leadership right now, which, uh, you know, kind of scares me. And, and again, I think it's like about figuring out, you know, what pieces are really, you know, vital and, and what you're going to build around. And, and, you know, if, if I think Zuccarello is someone that, you know, is, is he's on the younger side compared to like all of most of the other players that we're talking about, right? Like Nash is, pretty up there in years and and in mcdonough i believe maybe they're around actually Zook's Zook like is older than, i think uh, Zook, i think zook's <laughs> got two years on mcdonough yeah so so you know but like these are these are our veterans we're talking about really like you know and and so that that kind of thing i think really you need to take that into account because you do if, if you're gonna you know try to build i think that it's important to have some source of of you know leadership presence yeah, but isn't that isn't that the time where you you say to me because of Interjad, hey you ninth winger, as what Av would say, I'm being Av, hey ninth winger on this team, you have to start <laughs> being a leader now. Isn't that yeah, like and- when you, you're gonna take these young talent because of Interjad 25, I believe at this point in time, and we have all these young skaters, and go, okay, those guys are gone. Right, it's, it's time to transfer power to you. It's your team now. But Danielle is terrible at that is the thing, you know, like, if yeah, he's, he's awful. And, <laughs> if he's going to stick around and be our coach, I think that you, you need those veterans, but you know, it can't be like Mark Stahl and Nick Holden getting, and Steve Kampfer for that matter, getting like more ice time than these players that, you know, who, if you're going to make them your leaders, like you have to treat them like your leaders. And I think that Vigneault has such a big problem with, you know, handling youth that, I couldn't foresee a situation in which, you know, that would be an option. Speaking of Elaine Vigneault, I'm giving you the keys to Jeff Gorton's mansion for a second. What is the first thing you do if you're Jeff Gorton? Is it remove Elaine Vigneault as head coach? I, I would say yes. I think, you know, the stem of the problem really comes from him. And, um, you know, when you see the Rangers are also just like bleeding, you know, shots right now like they mm-hmm. Henrik Lundqvist is just being absolutely b- bombarded every single game um so I, I really think that you know the defense part of part of the thing that I think made the Rangers so successful last season was that play was coming from the defensive end and that's something that we just don't really see anymore you know they they get the play out if if they manage to exit the zone the play is or the puck is dumped down ice and then we lose it in the offensive zone and Henrik Lundqvist faces five shots on net. And, you know, um, I think that that just the system that they're running right now, like isn't working. So I think that that comes from Vigneault and I think it definitely comes from, you know, roughs handle, like handling the, on, <laughs> on the defensive end, uh, you know, there's something that that's wrong with rough. So I think that those two people for sure um, need to go. Um, and then from there, uh, you know, who knows what you do uh, in terms of in fi- finding a new coach. But I think that that's definitely something that you need to do. Yeah, the argument that I hate the most when people bring up um, firing Elaine Vino or try to defend not firing Elaine Vino is they quickly fire back with, well, who, who else are you going to have coach the team? You don't have to know who your right. next coach is right now. 
All you need to do is be able to identify what the problem is. And once you identify the problem, then you can work towards um, solving that problem. Right. If the problem is Elaine Vino, you get rid of Elaine Vino and then you work towards finding out what the solution is to that issue. I just, I don't understand. And I'm not, obviously, Carly, I'm not saying you're someone like this. And I know Ryan's not someone like this. I just don't understand the argument that someone comes up with, well, if not Elaine Vino, then who? You, you just can't fire a coach and not have a plan. No, that's the whole point. You fire a coach to come up with a new plan. You don't need the plan before you fire the coach. That, that, that's working backwards. It's not how it works. I don't Definitely. know. I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> I just, I, I, I know he needs to go. That's rule number one. And after that, it's all figure it out. Till then, I'll be at the Winchester, down in a beer, and waiting for it all to blow over. Because that's where I'm at. I have nothing left in my body for this team. I let it all out the first part of this podcast. Now I'm empty. Here we are. So, <laughs> so what big changes would you like to see other than AV being fired, Carly? Um, I think just shaking up the lineup, really, you know, I think, I think that there were a lot of good things that, that happened. I'd, I'd also love to see, you know, us use some, some of our young talent from Hartford defensively, especially, um, you know, I think we saw a lot of good things, um, you know, early in the season from some of those guys and, and, you know, Heedle and, and Anderson had such great performances at world juniors and, and I would just love to see some youth brought to the roster and kind of, you know, playing, playing with the lineup and, and, you know, seeing what works and like maybe, you know, one of those players is, is our, is our next big solution, you know? Um, so I think that that's a big thing for me. It just, do you, do you want the Rangers to make the playoffs this year? Like, obviously we all want the Rangers to make the playoffs because playoffs hockey is fun, but is your goal for the rest of this year now a playoff appearance? You know, I, I, I think that if we make the playoffs, it's going to be because of Henrik. Because and and if we do make the playoffs, you know, we're definitely not making it past the first round. <laughs> maybe maybe the second round, you know, if we get lucky. Um, but I, I'd almost rather see them miss it, only because I think that that you know you know people are always like, oh, like Vigneault is a good coach because we made the playoffs every year for the last seven years, like you know, and and so if we miss the playoffs, then you know. It's like, oh, maybe something's not working. I don't know. <laughs> I love that we're at a point as a Ranger fan base where you're like, do we want to miss the playoffs? The best playoff experience there ever is? Yeah, I do. I don't want to put myself through it. Why do I even want to do it? It's really sad. It's like, sad. It's, it's been hard to watch Rangers hockey, you know? it's. Oh, ask me the last time I was like, oh, I want to watch Rangers tonight. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. It's been like two months. And, and yet, I still do for fun. Carly, before we get out of here, do you want to plug anything? Plug anything? Yeah, like any of your articles, any of your Twitters, any of your... Oh, sure. Um, yeah, so I have that <laughs> upcoming article on on McDonough, um, which hopefully will be out Friday. I'm also, I'm also, ugh, I'm doing the post game t- tomorrow, which I'm a little oh, bit nervous about, um, but... What, what, uh, what you're, not, the- you're not excited for Peter Holland's uh, NHL debut with the New York Rangers? We didn't even well, talk about Peter Holland's. We didn't talk about Because who Peter is Holland. he? <laughs> we, can, we can talk about peter holland right now i don't think there's a whole lot to talk about yeah sure let's do it yeah well, it's like you move boo out of the lineup and bring up another guy and it's like how much of a difference does it really make in my opinion um but you know I'm, it's better than Cracknell. I'm, i think i liked that trade I'm, yeah i'm oddly okay with it from the perspective of we all know what boo is he's a solid bottom six uh center that you can put on your fourth line and be productive with and I think the Rangers, I mean, Holland has been tearing it up in Hartford. He's a basically a point-per-game player 
that's nice. But the problem is we go back to Elaine Vino not being able to properly use young assets. And Peter Holland, by no stretch of the imagination, is a young prospect. Mm-hmm. He's 27. Uh, he kind of is what he is at this point, a la Paul Carey. But if you're going to bring up Peter Holland to try and create offense, you better put him in the top six and not put him on the fourth line. If you put him on the fourth line and play him 10 minutes a night, uh, what was the point? What, what, what were we doing here? What, were you trying to find something? Were you trying to find something by motivating David DeHarnay by bringing up a quad A player? If, if Peter Holland is here at the expense of Kevin Hayes, who's hurt, play Peter Holland. Put him on the second line. Sink or swim with him. Whatever. Try something different. Just don't put him on the fourth line and have him basically be a lesser version of Bunievis. It's not how it works. Listen, I just think Peter Holland is PH for basic. He's just a basic player. Sorry, that was a terrible yeah. joke. <laughs> <laughs> you, you tried to go science. It didn't really work. It didn't did really it? work. You know what? Sometimes you've got to go science and it fails. That's America, yeah. baby. That's where we are. Um, we're going to ask you some nonsense questions before we get out of here. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, Carly. Big, big Carly. You have, you have, you, I mean, huge there, Carly. As, as a native New Yorker, I think they're very different. Huge Carly fan right here. That's me. And, uh, as, <laughs> as, as a native kinetic, 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 I don't know. Kinetic Indian? <laughs> I don't know. As, as a native of someone who wished he was from New York, as opposed to being from Connecticut, uh, it's a sandwich. No, nope. it's the sa- Let's move on to the next question. And then, uh, who would win in a fight? And you're not on Team PETA for this. You're a gorilla or a bear. Uh, a bear. Yes, yes, Carly. <laughs> I love I, it. I think I think you corrupted our guest before she came on the podcast. <laughs> I I did not. I, I we, we've never spoken. You had all the contact through Twitter. I did not. I was my hands. I just, my hands Carly, were off. Just let let let's let's get let's get scientific with this. You really think <laughs> a gorilla against the bear? The gorilla loses that fight. Heck yeah! Did you see the revenant? <laughs> Are you calling Leo DiCaprio? He's a gorilla. gorilla. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> have most- you seen have you seen the jungle book <laughs> take the uh, king kong listen you true got, well that that gorilla was giant though they always say in hockey go have with you your ever, gut and I, that's what I'll, carly I'll did this. leave the girl alone have you ever <laughs> seen a giant bear that's all i'm saying have you ever seen a giant bear yeah no. yeah of course a giant has. gorilla Wait, where is the giant <laughs> new bear? york city like a <laughs> new york city i used to go to camp in wisconsin actually so there were Case quite a few bears point. there yeah, but there were no gorillas there to protect you the is cop, what I'm saying. The cops are in the background. They know you're know you wrong, Greg. They're coming to get you. Car- <laughs> Carly, no. thanks so much for joining us. It was a blast. Uh, check out Carly's stuff at Blue End Station, and we'll see you next time. That's when you say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Right, bye, bye. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> Welcome back. Thanks so much for Carly for coming on. Uh, a great guest as always. As always. First time. A great first guest. There we go. Yeah. She'll, she'll get... Uh... She'll get smarter in terms of sandwiches and bear fights as time goes on. That's the thing that you get from just experience, from being in the shit. Don't think so. Um, (laughs) Don't know. (laughs) Listen, this is our nonsense section. Before we get to some nonsense, some ranger points we kind of missed out on. Kevin Hayes, we don't know how long he's going to be out for. Um, yeah, we, you can you can assume – you're fair to assume it's probably going to be at least a week. I don't think the Rangers would have called up Peter Holland if they thought – Hayes was going to be back uh, relatively soon. Just because, again, if Peter Holland is here, it's to, rightly or wrongly, whatever whatever you feel about it, the whole purpose of Peter Holland coming up is to try and inject some scoring into the lineup because he's been scoring in Hartford. And if you haven't noticed, the Rangers haven't been doing anything called scoring. Um, so you have to bring up a player that can 
score to score. You know what I mean? It might be just rearranging the chairs on the Titanic, but it is what it is. Uh, and like I, like we discussed with Carly, if Holland is here, you play him in the top six. I don't want to see David DeHarnay getting more. We know what's going to happen, but David DeHarnay should not be getting more ice time than Peter Holland. And this isn't me saying, this isn't me uh, clamoring for a prospect to get more ice time. This isn't me saying Peter Holland is the future. And if he's going to be here, he needs to play. No, no, no. It's simple. It's we know what's broken. So try and fix it. And you don't try and fix it by putting Peter Holland on a line with Jesper Foss and Paul Carey. You put Peter Holland between two guys that can actually produce points and you see what happens. It's a desperate move for a desperate team. And it's just what you have to do. That's where we are. Do not play. Do not play David DeHarnay before you play Peter Holland. And when it happens and I get angry about it, do not get angry at me for being angry about Peter Holland. It's not even Peter Holland at this point. It's a larger point. You got to see the forest through the trees. I was going to ask you want to talk about Nick Holden's truck company. Yeah, yeah, our sponsor. Uh, did I do that for the sponsor this today? I, I know you said yeah, it to I me. So. I hope so. I, uh, I, I did. Um, Nick Holden Truck uh, Trucking Company. Yeah, I was just driving to the grocery store, minding my own business at a red light. Wasn't even so. There was a truck. The the street I go to the grocery store. It's a little small kind of main street area of a very tiny town between uh, Cohoes and Troy known as Waterford. And on the street is like a three lane road. And the way I'm going towards the store, there's a left-hand turn lane and the lane that you just go straight in. But some truck was unloading something in the right-hand lane. So all of us are stacked up in the left-hand turn lane, not being able to move because oncoming traffic is also doing its thing. And I'm just staring at this truck parked in the wrong lane, blocking traffic, just angry. And then I, I noticed that there's another bigger truck in front of me, and I'm just not reading anything of it. And then I look up, and it says, I see Holden Trucking Corp. And I'm like, that's interesting. And then I look a little closer, and it literally says, Nick Holden Trucking Corp, Dalton, Georgia. <laughs> and From where you were? What the fuck are the odds of that? I, almost zero, to be honest with you. And it's, it's such a weird... Uh, I, I want to be like, he probably owns it. He probably owns Nick Holden Company truck. He knows it. Know. He knows hockey's almost Nick, over. Do you think Nick, <laughs> I think he knows hockey never really started for him. Wow. Uh, does he know where I, – I bet you anything in this world, Nick Holden would not be able to point out Dalton, Georgia on a map. I, I'm, I'm not convinced Nick Holden would be able to point out Georgia on a map. I can't actually. point out Dalton, Georgia on a map. <laughs> can you put out Georgia though? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. Well, I'm not convinced Nick Holden can. Poor Nick Holden, man. I feel bad. He's got a great mustache. He's just bad. Does he have a great mustache? Yeah, I like his mustache. Nick Holden's Nick it, Holden's it, got it, the mustache like he lost a bet and he can't shave it. I he's kind of like an art teacher. Nick Holden really looks like an art teacher. He's not he's not the kind of art teacher you want to be learning art from. Uh, all right, let's uh let's move off that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and just oh, I poor, too, poor I poor Nick Holden as in he's a. Nick Holden is probably a perfectly fine third pairing defenseman, and the Rangers are playing him twenty minutes a night. I got. Um, I want to do a segment called iTunes reviews. Um, oh, oh no! We're also supposed to do a segment called "Who the fuck are you?" Yeah, let's do that real quick. So let's do iTunes reviews. I, I don't have it in front of me, unfortunately, the iTunes review exactly, but it was something like this: These guys are awful. That oh. one, that one guy has an annoying voice. Gonna have That's to give you. this. Yeah, it was me. It was definitely me. Um, gonna have to give this podcast three stars. Sorry. Wow. What? Are you Canadian? 
<laughs> this, podcast, this podcast is awful. Three stars. This podcast is awful. Three stars. Jeez. Interesting. Thanks. Interesting. He's like, I, I guess it was like at least they tried. Okay, that was our that was I mean, our, that, that was at least they tried. Has been our motto since we started. I, I can't blame him whatsoever. And then uh, what are the other segment? Who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? Uh, so, because uh, our intrepid leader Steve Zippe was an asshole again on Twitter. Shocking, I know. Asshole Steve Steve Zippe was an asshole. So I screenshotted him being an asshole, and I said, "Hey, look, asshole!" And someone commented <laughs> on the Twitter post, being like, "Who the fuck is Blue Shirts Breakaway?" So I think you and I should do a segment every week, and uh, every week we should give a weird fact about ourselves so people know who the fuck Blue Shirt Breakaway. Oh, well, this is gonna be Greg. You know I have weird facts. I know, and I have facts too. <laughs> okay, um, I'll start with a nice story. Sure. Who the fuck is, welcome to, here, I'll, I'll, I'll fireside chat us. Ready? Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Welcome to another lovely week of Who the Fuck is Blue Shirts Breakaway. I'm your host, Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Today, we'll be sharing interesting stories about our life a week at a time. I'll start. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to go back and I had a stepdad at some point, right? I know. I know. I had a dad right away. I had a stepdad at some point. Get sad real quick. And one day he thought it would be a good idea to get miniature goats. Do you know what was not a good idea, Greg? Mm. Getting miniature miniature goats. goats. We built a a goat pen in my backyard. And those miniature goats, by the way, when they look at you, uh, they don't shut up for 12 hours. And they just bleep like, ah, ah, for 12 hours straight until they go to bed at 9 p.m. And that was was fun facts with Ryan. I had miniature goats until we returned them. And were we we allowed to return those goats? No, I might add. We forced them Mm. back. Okay. Uh, well, on this week of Who the Fuck is Blue Shirts Breakaway, Greg edition, our first pet growing up was a hamster by the name of Moonchick. This hamster was tiny, kind of looked like a mouse, more so than a hamster. And, you know, she did her own thing. It's important that I indicate the gender of this hamster. That'll be important later on in this story. Did you put it in a suitcase and then you got robbed? No. So I'm in the basement with my middle sister. Uh, you may have known her as my least favorite sister. I did. We're in the, we're in the basement. We're looking, chilling with this hamster. Hamster's doing its thing. It does whatever hamsters do. I get the idea that I want to pet Moonchick. So I stick my hand in the tank mm-hmm. that Moonchick is in. Yep. I'm stroking. I'm petting Moonchick. I'm no stroking problem. the Moonchick. <laughs> stroking Moonchick. Crazy. Uh, this bitch bites me. Okay. And I'm probably... I think I want to be four or five at this point in my life. Okay, so you murdered. Uh, hurt, hurt like a bitch. When everything hurts more when you're four and five years old. That's just a proven fact. I go running upstairs to my mom, who was in the kitchen cooking lunch at the time, holding my hand, crying my eyes out, just yelling, "She bit me! She bit me!" My mom grabs me by the hand, brings me back downstairs. My sister Moonshake, by the way, bit me so hard that I picked her up out of the tank. And flicked her somewhere in the basement. So my sister is now sitting on the stairs, not wanting to step on the hamster that's running loose in our basement. Right. My mom picks my sister up, smacks her as hard as she could across <laughs> the face. And I just go, no, mom, I meant the hamster. <laughs> it worked out for I you, though. Instantly, Ryan, I instantly felt better, though. My mom was so apologetic to my sister. Telling her, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I got in no trouble for this, by the way. Wow. And that, that is who the fuck are you with Blue Shirts Breakaway? The, the perfect crime. 
And if you're wondering, this is our nonsense segment where we don't talk Rangers. Um, we're going to talk a little bit of baseball because that's what we do somehow oh, uh, oh, on this Bushwick Breakaway podcast. I know all the iTunes reviews. Why don't you talk about the Rangers? I just did for an hour. I'm sorry. I like to talk about other stuff sometimes. I'm crying. An hour, an hour plus, may I add. I and like- with a guest. He's smart and also contributed to the conversation. I feel like we've been killing the Ranger game despite all of our uh, hatred and apathy. And well, it's just it, it, look, I'm I'm not here to complain about people that took took their time to review our podcast. Also, and tell us I how appreciate you doing. That. I am a I am so appreciative of it. At the same time, I feel like we've done a maybe not today with standing because we brought up Greg Popovich and the Mets quite often yeah. uh, in the earlier part of the podcast. But we usually save the like nonsense rants for the end. They don't really intersect. Right. Like, we um, do a lot of Rangers. Before we get to uh, baseball, my brain just exploded. Okay. I, I got the chance to meet Tommy Wiseau this weekend. Star of the room. You sure did. Saw that. Uh, got to tell you, he's just as weird in real life as you you consider. He is... Yeah, I, I would have been, been disappointed if he wasn't. The person in the movie is the person in real life. It's not even close. I threw the football around. I went as Mark from the room. He said, oh, hi, Mark, when I walked up. I almost fainted. And then from there, we threw the football around, and uh, he was a great guy. Was he weird? Yeah, he was weird. And the line to meet him was gigantic. And I was, I was one of the first people there, of course. Um, but mm, This doesn't surprise me. Nope, not at all. But I have to say, uh, The Room, still, if you haven't seen it, a fantastic watch. Incredible. All right, that's it. It's, good. it's a good hang. It's a good hang. Yeah, let's do it. Most important news of the last four days? Garrett Cole. No, that's not it. It was Mets signing Adrian Gonzalez. Anyway, so Garrett Cole is now on the Astros. <laughs> I I didn't like this trade so much for the Astros, which sounds oh, crazy. Wait, wait. You didn't like it for the Astros? I actually like Joe Musgrove a lot. Do you like Joe Musgrove more than Clint Frazier? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, the fact that they, they – Clint Frazier was probably on the table at some point. They should have pulled that trigger. That's ridiculous they didn't. I, I, again, it's so easy for teams after the fact to say, oh, we offered X, Y, and Z for a player because the trade doesn't go through and you know it's not going to go through. So you have nothing to lose by saying you offered X, Y, and Z. But the reports are out there that the Yankees offered Clint Frazier and the Pirates said basically said no for the Astros package. Which and, – and they – what else is crazy is the Astros still have trade pieces. They have a lot more to. They can make more oh, moves. They didn't. They didn't trade Derek Fisher. They did trade Derek uh, Fisher. AJ Reed's still around. Not that he's been a big contributing factor, but he's still. They still have. They still have one of the Tucker brothers. The oh, good he, Tucker brother. He's not going anywhere. He's their top prospect. I'm just saying they have him. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, don't they have? Uh, don't they have Martez as well? Still, they do. Um, and they they traded Franklin Perez, the Detroit Tigers, over the offseason. But uh, that part of the, uh, I mean, over last season, part of the Justin Verlander deal. But in general. This is a good trade for the Astros, despite me not liking them giving up Joe Musgrove and other pieces. Garrett Cole could be a nice. They listen. The pitching staff is legit. There, that's probably they're the favorite to win the World Series. I'd be surprised if they're not. Yep, uh, Keuchel, Verlander, Cole as your top three. Uh, McCullers, that guy's curveball is disgusting. Yeah, McCullers, they're they're going to be fine. Uh, I I loved it for the Astros. Obviously, I just if you're the Pirates. And the Pirates knew this because they did it today. If you're trading Garrett Cole, that means you're definitely trading Andrew McCutcheon. Yep. Then why don't you get Clint Frazier? Why don't you get Derek He's Fisher? sitting right there. Derek Fisher's a good player. I, 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 I'm, I, I, let me say this. I am fine with the Pirates valuing Joe Musgrove over Derek Fisher. 
I'm not fine with them valuing Musgrove over Clint Frazier. Oh, no way. No way. No. Frazier would have been the best player they acquired in either deal. And the fact that they didn't get him when they knew they were trading McCutcheon raises a question. Who's going to be their center fielder? Do they still have Austin Meadows? They do. And they'll probably call him up. So it has to be Meadows. This is Meadows is now or never, right? Because you're not moving – regardless of a rebuild, you're not moving Starling Martin. You're not moving Gregory Polanco. Those are pieces you build around long-term. So this – they better be stone-cold sure – that Austin Meadows is their guy. Because if, if he's not, they're going to kick themselves for not trading for Clint Frazier. I just, if the offer's on the table, Clint Frazier's a, a very nice prospect. A top 20 prospect yeah. with a lot of power. That's a guy you want, especially on the team yeah. control. And it's not like the other three prospects that the Astros got for Cole are that special. Uh, I mean, Feliz is a reliever. He is what he is. He's 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 fine. I personally don't like Colin Moran. I think he's he might be a major league bench player at some point in his career. And everything I've read about Jason Martin says the best case scenario for him is fourth outfielder. So you you basically did this Musgrove for Cole. That's, Musgrove and Feliz for Cole. That's not enough for me. No. And if you're going to do a trade where it's like two for one or one for one, I, I just want Clint Frazier. Of course, you do. this isn't even this isn't even me knocking the Yankees. By all accounts, it sounds like the Yankees offered Clint Frazier, so then it falls on the Pirates. And I, I just i I do not understand the Pirates' mindset for not getting Garrett. Uh, the thing is, as a Yankee Clint fan, Frazier. I like not trading Clint Frazier for Garrett Cole because I think Garrett Cole wouldn't succeed in Yankee Stadium. And now we have a trade piece for another pitcher during the year, or even during yeah, the, who's who's that, who's that pitcher? I don't that, know that, that 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 becomes the other problem. I. Who, who's that pitcher? And we talked about this on our Patreon special bonus podcast that we'll be releasing in a week or so. I really don't know what happens with Jake Arrieta and you, Darvish. Yeah, I'm probably going to release that this Thursday, by the way. Okay. I I don't I don't know what happens with those two. Uh, there was the report today. Oh, I want to talk to you about this because okay. I talked about it with our good friend Joe Binks. Did you see the report today that the Brewers are considering a run not only at Jake Arrieta, which I think is a good idea for them because – why not? Surprisingly, their window has opened sooner than it should have. Mm-hmm. And the easiest thing to acquire on the free agent market is pitching. So if you feel like you have a deficiency in your rotation, go sign a starting pitcher. But they're also considering Mike Moustakis. And if they sign Moustakis, they're going to trade Travis Shaw. Travis Shaw Here's was the problem. Really Travis Shaw's better than Mike Moustakis. He's better, younger, and under team control for longer. Why would you sign Moustakis just to trade Travis Shaw? I don't see the appeal in Moustakis, really. I think I'm not a, I'm, you know I'm not a Moustakis guy. I like him, um, but did I drop him in fantasy twice? I absolutely did. So it's it's really a weird situation for Moustakis. He is a top 10 third baseman-ish, but Travis Shaw is, is better. Yeah, I, think so. I still think Travis Shaw is better than him. I don't, I don't even know if Moustakis is top 10. I'm not Moustakis, go- Moustakis is a power hitter who doesn't walk and strikes out a ton. And that doesn't exactly offer gold glove defense. And Travis Shaw plays defense and has a good batting average. And he's versatile. He can play either corner infield position. Yeah, and oh, by the way, he hit 30-plus homers, stole 10-plus bases, and hit, uh, I think it was north of 280 last I year. I really don't like that idea. I like going for Jake Arrieta as a brewer. That makes Go sense. Go for it. Go for it. If you if you think your window is open sooner than expected and the only thing you're missing is starting pitching, go get Jake Arrieta. Yeah. That I'm not the biggest Jake Arrieta guy, but – 
I, I know Arietta is better than anything the Brewers have. And if you have money to spend, why not spend it on Arietta? And Arietta is probably going to let you sign the, the markets down. Probably going to get him for three years, four years maybe at a pretty good price. I, I, I still think he gets four years from someone. I always thought he was going to get four years from someone. And I, that opinion hasn't changed. Okay, let's talk about McCutcheon. Let's. Uh, to the Giants for basically one year. So the Giants have now taken two former faces of the franchise and decided, hey, we're going to put them on our team with Evan Longoria and Andrew McCutcheon. The difference between Longoria and McCutcheon, though, Longoria is still a good quality baseball player. McCutcheon turned it on in the second half of last year, dude. He really did. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I think I think your outfield is okay. Let me let me re, let me rephrase this. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon is still a starting caliber center fielder in baseball, but the Giants' mindset in acquiring Andrew McCutcheon, I think, is to be a game changer, and I think that that Andrew McCutcheon is gone. Uh, the the price they paid for that Andrew McCutcheon is fine. They gave up like yeah. Nothing. They gave they gave up nothing. They gave up Kyle Crick and a low A outfielder. Sure, that's not even enough. <laughs> it's like I, I, I honestly think that's enough. I because I, the Pirates aren't retaining money. McCutcheon only has one year left, and the star has faded on that. Man, they that really shot. missed their opportunity to trade him for a lot of value, and that's no, why we. And that's and that's the case for maybe trading Ryan McDonough. It's one hundred percent the case for trading Ryan McDonough because you don't want. Ryan McDonough to turn into Andrew McCutcheon. Exactly. A star but, who loses his ability to play. Yeah. Uh, I don't think McCutcheon moves – Longoria moved the needle for me with the Giants. But McCutcheon, to me, he's better than what they had. But I don't think it really moves the needle. The problem with the Giants is outside of Bumgarner, I, I don't trust any starting pitcher they have. I, I don't trust Johnny Cueto. I don't trust Jackson I, Martin, I don't like Johnny Cueto either. I've never been on the bandwagon, but I know people who have. Yeah, I, I, Samarja, Samarja is the guy where if anyone wants to critique advanced statistics in baseball, I feel like Jeff Samarja is the perfect case to make that critique because it feels like every year Samarja outpitches his numbers and yet every year he puts up the same numbers. He's, he's the guy that we always want to be better and the numbers say he should be better, but for whatever reason, he's never better. Let's move on real quick, or let's actually end on this note. Give me your two-minute thing on Adrian Gonzalez being a man. Um, one, when the Braves cut him, I, I felt it in my gut that Adrian Gonzalez was going to be a Met. Yeah. It, it was just like – it was something I couldn't shake. Until he signed with another team, I just always assumed he was coming to the Mets. Uh, it's, it's really – it's fine. I don't expect him to be an uh, all-star ever again. Uh, I I don't know if he's going to ever be good again. He was fucking atrocious last year. Uh, I don't know how much of that you can blame on injuries. He's over the age of 35. He, this just may might be what he is. At the same time, they're paying him the league minimum. They're not responsible for any millions of dollars for him. And if he's bad, they could just cut him. So I know there was rumors Lucas Duda the re, the re, uh, getting back together. Well, that's gone Duda. Yeah, it's gone now. That's gone. Uh, I, my gripe with the Mets, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, they really are just going to run out the exact same team from last year, except now they have Adrian Gonzalez. Because the only two options I keep hearing for second base are Neil Walker and Jose Reyes. And the only other option is Todd Frazier. But I really think the Mets just fucking hate the idea of Isdrubal Cabrera playing second base. So I don't see Todd Frazier happening. So the Mets starting infield next year is going to be the same with the exception of Ahmed Rosario at short and Adrian Gonzalez at first base. 
the rest is the same. Cabrera's back. Neil Walker's back. Jay Bruce is back. We're going to have to platoon again because Conforto is out to start the year in center field. Like, thank God for Cespedes. <laughs> but the, the, I don't know. Fuck, fuck the Mets. Like, I, I, I want to be excited, Ryan, just because it, I, know. I like rooting for a good baseball team. But it's the same fucking team. It's the same fucking team with the addition of Anthony Swarzak, who I actually like, and Adrian fucking Gonzalez. There you go. This has been a wonderful episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway. Follow us on Twitter at Blue Shirts Break. We've been killing the follower game recently. Greg tweets a lot about the Rangers, but he also tweets a lot about everything else. Uh, yeah, like what I might start doing is telling people how I prepare for podcasts. Um, the, I had a golden one for us today, though, because right after you texted me, yo, I'm fucking pumped up. We got a podcast. Yeah. Uh, I, I said, Ryan, at the gym, working out hard. Greg, watching the first 10 minutes of How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. That's very similar. It's how we get ready. There have been a lot of good movies on Netflix this month. Um, you know, I, I know you tweet a lot about this. Uh, listen, I know we're not a pure Ranger account on our Twitter. I, I know nope. that. We talk a lot nope. about soccer. There's definitely a lot of Mets talk. Uh, Greg, Greg <laughs> uh, forgets to switch back and forth from his personal. Oh, I don't forget. I've given up on my personal account. Okay. If I have a thought now, it just goes out and Blue Shoes Breakaway. Yep. Okay. So there's that. So Blue Shoes Breakaway <laughs> is Greg's personal Twitter, in case you're wondering. So when he goes out. The only thing I, so the when he only goes, thing I have. I, I, could I just hold on one second before you go? It's really, it's, it's really funny because, like, if you're uh, you're on Mets Twitter and someone's coming at you and they blue shirts break, you're like, what? <laughs> Why is it's, it's funny? Why is it's break funny you say you? that because I went after a guy on Mets Twitter for saying that the Pirates were spending money because they extended Felipe Rivero, and I was like, you do just know they traded Garrett Cole and Andrew McCutcheon, right? Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could switch your account for that one. <laughs> I should have. I should have. Um, no, really, though, my personal account is now used for taking screenshots of Steve Zippe that I could then roast him on the Blue Shirts Breakaway account from. That sounds good. Uh, I guess Paul. you should, should find my personal account. For reference, Blue Shirts Breakaway represents both me and Greg, but it's mostly Greg. There you go. Uh, I tweet like once every two weeks. There you go. Uh, follow us there. Your specialty is sliding into DMs, forgetting you're still Blue Shirts Break. Uh, yeah, I do that all the time. It's the best. Anywho, thanks for tuning in. Uh, my rant, my brain's exploding. Bye. <laughs>